song never gets old. <laughs> Hi guys. <laughs> Welcome to Andy Keller State of the Industry Address. <laughs> it's cute that you let him do this. Who's <laughs> like, he does the state of the industry. Okay. <laughs> That's like having a parakeet do a speech about the airline industry. Who's <laughs> like, okay, sure, you kind of get it. Look, I've never had 
a uh, good opening to anything. You can't open a show, strong. I, I bring my own cold open to every show. I do. I provide. They say, will there be a cold open? Yes, there will be a cold open. I thought that was funny. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Funchy, let me know where he went. Hey, what? I mean, people who care about me usually stay for the speech. I love this. This is, you know, I hope on my gravestone there's just a picture of empty chairs. You know what I mean? He tried. I have done this speech for, uh, I don't know how long, but I've never said, Fuck Robbie! But you will experience what I experience afterwards, which is uh, the, when the phone rings, it stays on the hook for the rest of it. Uh, by the way, I was uh, looking at the uh, code of conduct. And uh, no matter the gender, sexual identity, sexual orientation, disability, physical, what did they transcribe Jimmy Carr's act? If Jimmy Carr's not here, I'll be very upset. Oh! He got, I never miss it, Andy. That's not Jimmy Carr. I'm gonna be here, Andy. You heard me. Why do I need to see me in the monitor? I don't understand that. Can I have more of me and... Explain afterwards. Explain why I'm looking at me. You can't see it, can you? Okay. Just put my material over there. Can you make me sound a little bit less Jewish in the mic? All right. Now remember, this is a speech that was kind of written till four o'clock today, and uh, so you're going to see me do a lot of fumfering, a lot of futzing, and uh, uh, a third. Is that an adjective? Who knows? Okay. This is my 24th State of the Industry Address. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? I've done the, the same amount of speeches as there are James Bond movies. And Bond made billions of dollars. I've made probably a hundred enemies. James Bond gets to kill his enemies. I get to avoid them at auditions. That's why, and that's the, and that is the only reason why I've been cutting back on the auditions lately. I don't want to. I want to run into somebody. It's gonna bother me. Also, I haven't been invited to audition because I. It's straight to script for me. I won't take the. Don't make me go to the producers. Straight to the set for me. Uh, and speak, speaking of James Bond, what am I, the worst segue man in the world? Speaking of James Bond, coincidentally, that's not the word. Coincidentally, 007 is the amount of commission my manager gets for this <laughs> Right? I have jokes here. I co-wrote this speech this year with my friend Jay Elvis Weinstein, who's been co-writing it with me other years, but I've hid it from the public. And whenever, and whenever a joke goes well, I I I, I will uh, point to him or I'll blame him. I don't know. I hope everybody is enjoying the double tree. Just for Laughs Festival. <laughs> really, how can my career sound less impressive? I'm into the third decade of delivering a speech from a ballroom in a hotel, okay? And, and in fact, the first, I don't know if people were here the first year because many have passed away. <laughs> but first year, First year, they, in the middle of my speech, they started to move the dividers from the other convention room because uh, there was another event going on in there. 
and they didn't know what a big hit MySpace would be. <laughs> but I do, uh, I do look forward to five years from now doing this speech at a travel lodge by the pool. That's what I really like. <laughs> I really think this whole DoubleTree Hotel thing is, it, you know, is it a prank of some kind? Did the, did the hotel session re re remodel it? Nah, just DoubleTree it. That'll be good. Is this, has, has, has Howie Mandel turned the entire festival into a prank show? Is that what's going on? And what better way to tell comedians they've entered show business than installing an actual revolving door at the uh, front of the hotel? Symbolizes. And they say, please go through that door because you, you want to get the feeling early. In goes a new face, and out comes a what the hell happened to my career face? In comes Carrot Top, and, and out goes Carrot Top with a, a funny revolving door prop on his head. In goes Eddie Izzard, out comes Eddie Izzard doing his act in German. People who know me from years ago know this. These jokes work. <laughs> In goes Louis C.K., out comes his penis. <laughs> it used to be puppetry of the penis. So Louis, one-up puppetry of the penis. For those of you who don't remember, how could you not remember puppetry of the penis? At least they did an actual show with their penis, okay? I said this joke last year, but I still enjoy it. Louis C.K.'s whole career, he used the carrot and the stick. The carrot was, oh, maybe if I hang around Louis C.K., he'll uh, come give me a part in one of his shows. And the stick was his penis. <laughs> I didn't go here from last year on, I heard it. I heard that a year ago. I just want to say, right off the bat, that I am no longer interested in fighting with Ricky Gervais. And so, I now realize we are just complete opposites. I started out as a monster and became funny. <laughs> one page. Are you kidding me? Why wouldn't we keep doing this until I'm 90-95? I saw comedians in, uh, in uh, cars getting coffee, which is just, it's like all these, who doesn't want to see billionaires just uh, schmoozing around? Isn't that, isn't that what, isn't, that what isn't Seinfeld really plugged in to what's funny? My favorite bit he currently does is, this is a 1964 Mercedes. I don't know anything about cars. I do know about coffee. And they don't do anything about coffee there. They can serve the coffee. Would it kill them to have a little discussion about coffee? Jerry can say, oh, I love this coffee shop. This coffee shop is the best. And so Ricky, and the best part is, is Ricky, uh, all, all Jerry's saying to Ricky, you're a genius, you're such a genius, you're such a genius. I don't know, why does Jerry Seinfeld have to kiss Ricky Gervais' ass? Is, is there a reason for it? And, got, and so, so Ricky Gervais starts to explain to him why his original office worked. And he said, it would never have worked if it wasn't a fake documentary. And Jerry Seinfeld says, genius. And the people who made Spinal Tap say, yeah, that's what we did 25 years ago. That's like he invented the fake documentary. One cliche about comedy is that Trump must be good for comedy. People say that, but you know, many comics are Jewish. So when 
the Nazi rounds us all up. It's not going to be so funny. I know that's not funny. It's just depressing. It's just depressing. Don't get fooled by Jared. Don't think Jared won't turn on the Jews. You don't care about Jared Kushner here, right? This is a bad, this is a bad room for that. People keep asking me, has uh, this speech been good for my career? That's what they ask me. I'm still doing it. I guess it hasn't been that good. It hasn't been a, it's not exactly a launching board. It's not propelling me to another level. Can you at least, uh, and I think to myself, I wonder if they'll always let me do this speech. And there's no good answer to that. <laughs> My wife and I hate Trump so much that we can't, uh, we can't watch him on TV. I know a lot of you like to watch him on TV, but he makes me sick. We will, we prefer to watch a dateline where a mother drives her whole family off a cliff <laughs> to their death. That, just to take the edge off. Just to relax a little bit. Just to feel good for a while. I mean, this is bad, but look what we got. I love in dateline how they People in small towns can't believe there, there could ever be a murder. You know, in Youngsburg, Ohio, they never had murders in such a small town. What does that get? It doesn't even have two people and they're gonna murder each other, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and we, leave, we, we like to leave our doors open at night and our wallets on the front lawn. <laughs> you deserve to get murdered. And I'd like to see one day my start out with nobody liked Angela. <laughs> she was a horrible human being. There really was nothing redemptive about her. Who wouldn't want to kill her? <laughs> this speech has gotten uh, so much harder for me since I've been in therapy. Because I find out now self-sabotage, it's not good. That's when I find out. <laughs> and one of my, one of my main rules for the speech is that uh, hopefully anybody I'm talking about won't be in the room. Like Jimmy Carr. <laughs> this is really not a roast. It's the cowardly rantings of a bitter man. That's what it is. And you know what? People never threaten to destroy my career. They threaten not to stop me. That's what they do. <laughs> yeah, you want to keep it going? What the heck is that? Oh, did I do that joke about the code of conduct? Not bad. <laughs> not a bad opening. Recently, I've been doing a lot of weird gigs, like uh, uh, corporate gigs. You know I do a lot of cruises. My corporate gigs. I did this gig. This guy paid me fifty thousand dollars. He was a billionaire to entertain him and his wife in their walk-in tub. I mean, I couldn't. It was so it was embarrassing at the end where I, where I had to wait for the water to drink before I could leave. People, when you get to my age, you'll know about walk-in tubs. I didn't know three of the comics Ron was talking about. But I can tell you about walk-in tubs. <laughs> this has got to be, hopefully, a seniors comedy festival. <laughs> I'll open up for Freddie Couples. <laughs> Recently, I've been playing a lot of uh, escape rooms. <laughs> I mean, they don't start out that way. <laughs> they don't start out that way. Can I tell you something? There's nothing, nothing more thrilling than the face of a panicked person trying to get away from my hand. It's unbelievable. Come on! You'll often hear.
I hear a lot of white guys complaining how no one wants to hire white guys on TV now. So look, maybe you can't get a development deal, but you'll always get a cab, right? <laughs> look at the bright side. This is, this is edgy social commentary, folks. I hear a lot of old white male comedians and they're, they're complaining all the time. They complain how easy it is to offend people these days. It was always easy to offend people. It just wasn't easy for them to tell you about it. Right? Look at you guys. Right? You have the right to be told you suck. And they're very, they're very militant. So these white comics are very militant. Youth will not replace us. Youth will not replace us. Look, Canada, there was this thing in Charlottesville, all right? And they were marching. And they said, Jews will not replace us. So I did a little kick up on it. And of course, when they were chanting in Charlottesville, Jews will not replace us, my reaction was, they will with that stupid chant. Pick it up a little bit. I, I found out I suffer from uh, pilot seasonal affective disorder. I didn't. I did not know. I did not know. So why do I have to? I'm, I, some people say funny things, funny, and other funny things say funny. <laughs> I need four more bottles of water. <laughs> so, I get depressed every January through mid-April. It's just odd. Of course, there isn't even a pilot season anymore, according to my representation. It doesn't exist, according to my representation. There's no, okay, I know it's me again. I always know it's me. Not only am I, I, I have my notes, I have uh, my cards for myself. Oh, by the way, I'm hosting the alternative show tonight and Saturday. And I think Mr. Funches, is, are, are you on the show tonight? All right, that took 30 seconds. All right, now look. There are, uh-oh, here we go. There's so many, uh, there's so many great things happening in comedy. I mean, I don't normally like contest shows, but bring the funny, right? If I was gonna name a show, if I was gonna name a contest show and I didn't want to pay any money to Jay Moore, I would name it something like bring the funny. People, Jay Moore had a show called Last Comic Standing. So they didn't call this show last time, because they don't want to have to pay Jay Moore. I don't know if that's true, that's just my theory about it. Bring the funny, doesn't that sound hostile to you? I mean, I, seriously, I don't even like doing comedy under normal circumstances, all right? I don't need the pressure of, bring the funny! Did you bring the funny? No, I brought some jokes that I'm not confident about it. <laughs> so, in my case, I'm bringing the premises. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> Bring the funny. I just remembered that years ago in Las Vegas, they had a show that was called Comics Who Kill. <laughs> I said, ah, no, no, no. They want to be on it. No, well, you know, first of all, that's a lie. <laughs> then they changed it to lounge lizards. And this is one of my favorite stories from show business. It was the worst set of my entire life. <laughs> Who was there? Who? Oh, you were? Did you do a set? Did you do a set that night? <laughs> he canceled, he said. I wanted him to have a lavalier mic, but they wouldn't. <laughs> 
And here's what happened. I bombed. And I didn't even bomb in a good way. Like people go, oh, I like when you bomb in. No, no, no. This was sweating out of my nose. And I could see my manager from a hundred yards away. Like this. Oh. So what do you think happened, Jeff Ross? They lost my tape. Sorry, Andy. We, could, we lost the tape. We checked it with the luggage or something. All right, maybe that doesn't, you don't care about that. Yet. You didn't have to bring the funny, I'll tell you why, because uh, Jeff Foxworthy isn't going to bring the funny. And he's one of the judges. How would you like to be judged By Jeff Foxworthy. <laughs> no, what your problem is? You got too many jokes. You need one, one premise with a thousand examples of it, and then you should end that with the same joke. I, uh, no, Andy, are you you're Jewish? All right. If you have experienced a thousand years of hate, you just might be Jewish. If you lost, an, if one of your ancestors got lost in the Holocaust, well then you might just be a Jew. <laughs> what, oh, you need some material about your obsessive compulsive disorder. Do all your material about that. If you're, if you wash your hands while you're washing your hands, you just might have. Obsessive compulsive disorder. <laughs> the only good thing about this sh that show is how uncomfortable Keenan Thompson looks. <laughs> I watched the first episode, they actually had the audience scream, Bring the funny in unison. Is, it, is this something that we want to train audiences to chant? <laughs> I would rather have an audience chanting, send it back, send it back. Send. <laughs> what I'm doing now is, uh, but then I'm strapping you to make sure I did that. Uh, okay. <laughs> and from the. Funny until you bring a better premise for the show, okay? From the makers of Bring the Funny, it's the new dance show, Bring the Graceful. <laughs> and the new cooking show, Bring the Adjective that describes you being a good cook. <laughs> Imagine if I had to deliver jokes that were written. <laughs> Jeff, are you, are you looking disconsolately at me or do you think? Because you know I'm going woo and you're going woo. <laughs> Why don't we judge have a show where we judge the judges? Can you handle the fun? <laughs> hey, can you even recognize the fun? <laughs> Let's turn the table on these contest shows. Let's have Simon Cowell. Be a contestant on a show. Let me hear you sing, asshole. That's right, I'm going blue now, Jeff. I did the nasty show the other night. And uh, I was talking, I said, man, I like the uh, vaginas and things. And, uh, I love sex. And I showed slides of my psoriasis on my name. I mean, that's nasty. I mean, that's nasty. I mean, talk about nasty. Well, that's nasty. <laughs> Roseanne Barr and Andrew Dice Clay are going on the road together because nobody wants to travel to them. they come together, they do filthy Zionist nursery rhymes <laughs> at the end of their show. 
for the three people who are still there. Jack and Jill went up the hill to claim their fucking bread break! If there ain't, if there ain't Doc, who gives a shit about the Dome of the Rock? There once was an old lady who lived on land that belonged to the goddamn Jews. Knack, knack, paddy whack, give a Jew your land. Come on, folks. I work on this speech. You think that just comes from a computer? I always run out of material, but I, I don't run out of material. I run out of time because I, I don't know if I have enough material, then I speed up at the end. All the great comics do it. All the great comics have a slow, they slow at the beginning, uh, unsure, sweat badly, look around, pick up papers, and then at the end, they go, oh, 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 hey. Lucky for me, this year, uh, the Hollywood Reporter came out with the 40 most powerful people in comedy last month. What better source of people who would not be here to see my speech? Right? The 40 most popular, powerful people are not in this room. I know I screwed that joke up, but I don't know why. The joke is that it used to be you had all the big mucky mucks down here. Your Barry Katzes came, and your all the big wigs. Sh uh, spotlight. All the big names. Gary Hoffman. So that would, if I said it right, you would be going nicely done. I bet there were at least 12 people here who thought that we were going to be 41 on the power list of comedy. Uh, I'd like to say, for the record, there are several people on the list who I like very much, so I'll be talking about them to their face. They did, they did the list alphabetically. Don't you think it should be number one power? Number two? No. They, they, I guess they're just uh, waiting for the playoffs to see them. <laughs> Seth MacFarlane is on the list of the 40 most powerful people in comedy. I'm surprised that McFarlane hasn't, hasn't mined the Apollo mission for hilarious jokes for his space series. It, do you know that he's ruined crooning for me? He's ruined crooning. I used to spend most of my free time listening to crooners. No more. What, what genre would you like Seth MacFarlane to ruin next? <laughs> Me medieval Times movie? I knew somebody would kill the Western once and for all. And that, you know that he was in a Western? I don't think people care about him. <laughs> Ken Alterman is on the list. He's the head of Comedy Central. I don't think he cares what I think about him because I'm over 30. <laughs> Actually, Kent and I are friends. He, he enjoys talking to me, and he often says it says that it's nice to talk to someone who doesn't want something from me. <laughs> it's just it's like a relief not to have a business vibe. <laughs> In goes Hannah Gatsby. Out come the jokes. Judd Apatow is, uh, is on the list. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna leave him alone because it took, it took me 10 years to get him to forgive me for taking shots at Sandler. What was he upset about? <laughs> uh, and Judd has actually attended my speech. You think that's pretty cool? Yes, he was receiving an award beforehand, but still, the point was, I'm gonna, I don't know who wrote, I think I wrote some of these. <laughs> Neil Brennan is on the list, and Chappelle isn't. I'm sure Chappelle will do a three hour show about that. <laughs> I remember last year everyone was, uh, had a guy species on the list, everyone last year was worried. You know, is this the end of jokes? Are we in a post-joke world? Well, I, I've seen other people 
trying. I'll tell you one thing, even I can follow them. <laughs> Kenya Barris is on the list. He's black. So any joke I make isn't going to be funny-ish. I'm thinking we're 12 minutes from bingo. <laughs> Kevin Hart, there are flaming balls of hydrogen that aren't trying that hard to be a big star. <laughs> He's doing a show, when he hosts a show, he's recording a show and he's doing a show. <laughs> and here he shoots a stand-up special during the downtime of the Buddy movie he's acting in while he's literally phoning in a voiceover for animation. Look, I wrote that. That's, you don't think... It's not like uh, I just came up with it. I, uh, the managers are on the 40 most power. Dave Becky threatened his way back on the list. <laughs> now, I just want to say it's great to see Dave slinking around again. <laughs> the tour, they put the touring agents, the touring agents, these people who book comedy, they're 40 of the most powerful people. And that is a tough gig, isn't it? Uh, would you like to have my famous ticket-selling client who has built their career with no help from me in your theater? <laughs> oh, you would. Oh, you would. I'll take it. I'll take it. I put one of the three remaining agencies. <laughs> Ellen DeGeneres, she made $20 million on her last special. Even I could be funny for $20 million. <laughs> Not for less so far, though. Not for less. <laughs> I love what's ever happening here. And I'm not so crazy right over now. <laughs> Mindy Kaling's on the list. I'm not sure what bothers me about Mindy Kaling, but I'm pretty sure it's all of her work. I think that's what it is. That could be what it is. I saw the Mindy Kaling trailer for the late night movie, which was such a, it was like you're, it was like you're watching real life. No one's seen it. I only watch trailers now and then decide if I hate them. But she, I mean, I saw the trailer and it was like, she actually does that joke in the trailer. She does the, blew my mind bit. Don't you find that disturbing? Oh, you know, because I just blew your mind. The late night hosts, they're on the, uh, and you know how powerful they are. Aren't, aren't the late night show hosts just, uh, isn't it just a YouTube incubator now for uh, future vines? Adam Sandler's on the list. I like that guy, he's funny. <laughs> All the, every late night show pretty much, it's just, it's just like uh, sketches and bits and things for the audience to do. I like, why don't they have carpool karaoke in the garage with the door shut? You <laughs> hmm? that good? I don't know if you've seen CNN's new uh, show, List of Movies. Oh my God. <laughs> List of Movies. How do they do it? How, how are they getting away with just cutting up the entire past and putting them in one hour shows? The 80s, the 90s, the, the, the year between the 80s and the 90s. Uh, shoes! <laughs> The history of toothpicks. No, not on that line. <laughs> I'm very upset about that movie yesterday coming out because uh, I had pitched a very similar movie 
It was about a struggling ventriloquist who, uh, after a thunderstorm, he finds out there's no Jeff Dunham. So he, he starts doing Jeff Dunham's act. And he's ostracized by his complete family as a horrible racist. They just think he's a terrible, terrible human. Jeff Dunham had an hour special uh, on A&E that I'm sure he paid for. <laughs> it was all about, come on, it, it should be called, come on, what I'm doing is good, right? <laughs> come on, this is art, am I not wrong? <laughs> He's so defensive about his act. <coughs> He's like, what's wrong with uh, Ahmed the dead terrorist? Yeah. Why would anybody get upset about that? Maybe the name. Maybe it's the name. You know, I notice you don't call Timothy McVeigh the dead terrorist, do you? That's why, Jeff, I'll have coffee with you and explain to you how racism works. I'm starting a, a charity called Comedians Without Borders. We follow the doctors without borders around the world and we try and get free medical care. This is not to be confused with my previous charity, Comedians Without Boundaries, where I just asked a lot of needy people inappropriate questions. Hmm. Sometimes you gotta go, hmm. My sister told me she had a dream that I am, in her dream, I had written a best-selling book called I'm Ready. Even while sleeping, my family is concerned about my career. <laughs> I'm ready, come on. What happened? Astronomers have finally proved the existence of the black hole of show business. Saw a picture of the black hole of show business. If you looked closely in the event horizon, you could, get, you could see my career getting sucked right in. I'm not a big science crowd. <laughs> My dad passed away four and a half years ago, and I, I find it's getting really, really harder to get, you know, condolence applause. The thing is, it's something he would have loved to have known that people years later would still applaud. Thank you. Thank you. I don't have to reason for that. You're pulling his death, aren't you? People always say, how can you uh, separate the artist from the person? And I draw the line at serial killers, okay? That's where I say, I don't care how grand, groundbreaking your paintings are if you've murdered more than two people. That's where I... I've learned that there's uh, a lot of anti-Semitism in the world. And I learned that it's been that way historically. And... Uh, Voltaire, Voltaire, here's a quote. Someone said this about Voltaire. Whatever anti-Semitism Voltaire may have felt derived from negative personal experience. Hey, join the club, Voltaire. <laughs> Why do you think I left Temple after my bar mitzvah? <laughs> Which I, I killed, I'm not familiar with <laughs> Jews are annoying, okay? That's it. But if being annoying was that much of a crime, I would have rounded up Leno years ago. Uh, how much time do I have? Because I feel as if I, I feel as if I should have peaked by now. <laughs> Jeremy Piven's back. He's back. Nothing. He's doing stand-up. He had a picture of him from. Uh, from the Laugh Factory and saying when, when Jeremy Pippen starts beatboxing, we all smile. But when Jeremy Pippen starts beatboxing, he's, he's a week away from having a Michael Richards style breakdown. But at least Michael Richards was a comedian. I don't know why everyone thinks, nothing says no one will work with me more than a late in life start and stand up. 
I know who you all think Jerry, I mean, sure, Jerry Pippen, very likable, sure. Seems like a nice guy. But I love it, that stand-up. Everybody thinks that they're, that they're a stand-up. They've done it a couple of, even Ricky Gervais considers himself a stand-up. Isn't that pretty weird? Just as patriotism is the last refuge of a scoundrel, stand-up is the last refuge of an asshole. <laughs> All right. All right. I, uh, I noticed that the info buttons, you know, when they, when they have you know, info on the show, they usually have two pages. But I can usually decide after the first page whether I want to watch something. So page one. Faced with a critical blood shortage, a vampire hematologist, Ethan Hawke, joins forces with, okay, I'm good. I don't have to see. I don't have to see what page two's like. I think you can tell that I'm running out of steam for this speech when I'm doing jokes about the buttons on my remote control. Many of you probably wish you had a remote right now. <laughs> Jim Carrey's new show is brilliant. Kidding. <laughs> he plays like a Mr. Rogers type character. I mean, I know it's supposed to be a back, a black, you know, a dark comedy, but my entire TV went out during it. Is that sad? I was, I, it was such a dark comedy that I was stumbling around my apartment looking for the remote. That's how bad. <laughs> now Ta Tom Hanks is playing the, the real Mr. Rogers, and it's about time he played an upstanding, heroic, real-life character. Don't you think that's true? It's been about 10 minutes. <laughs> this is actual uh, dialogue I heard. I, I heard from according to Jim. It was a repeat. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you mean the creepy Switzerland with the hidden Nazi money? No. I mean the fun Switzerland with the chocolate. According to Jim, sitcoms didn't have to be funny. It's been off the air for ten years, people! Uh, Garfield's art is going up for uh, auction, and uh, I think that kind of buries comedy and art in the same same sound. Garfield, Garfield's art, they're calling it. I, I guess I uh, feel bad because I overpaid for a Ziggy cartoon. <laughs> so, still a little bit. I think I've forgotten some of the pages. I mean, could this be it? No, don't, don't believe it. You've seen me do this before, where I look around and I realize, no, I've done all the pages. Hmm. Hmm. told me years ago that I should have a good closer. <laughs> and I obviously didn't listen to that. Oh my god, this is also going short too. What's that? <laughs> you want to know if I had a remember any of my material from lounge lizards. <laughs> I was, you know, I was uh, a few months ago, because I've been coming up to Canada uh, since like the 80s, and, uh, and I just had asked a Canadian friend, I said, um, how, how's Roger Chandler doing? And he, and he said, oh, I can't believe he said that. He just, he just passed away like a couple of days ago. So now I want to see if I have special powers. Dennis Miller. How's Dennis Miller doing? 
Is Dennis Miller okay? Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga's chemistry is going on tour. Okay, folks, look. I could launch into the lab. I don't even remember the lambs as just material, but I could launch into it. Um, I don't want a massage with a happy ending. I want a massage that's a cliffhanger. I want a massage with a soprano style ending. Yeah, sure, you could say that wasn't related to the speech, but it wasn't bad, right? I mean, why not? I mean, why not? I have a friend who has myasthenia gravis, and it's a, you know, he's doing okay, because if he wasn't, this would be horribly inappropriate. Thing. Myasthenia gravis Sounds like a, a disease that Jerry Lewis came up with. I've got myasthenia gravis! <laughs> now, it's a real disease, and why would I make it up? And what happens is, and it can be, it can be, you can live a long life with it, but it can be very debilitating. It weakens all of your muscles. And they say it even weakens your facial muscles. Like, one of the symptoms is a blank, expressionless face. What are the odds that half the people who have been coming to my shows for my whole career have suffered from myasthenia gravis? They want to, they love, I'm probably was killing all those years. But they just were prevented from showing it. Other symptoms include looking at your watch a lot. In involuntary craning of the neck to see what people behind you could possibly be laughing at. <laughs> and Googling uh, nearest comedy club. I don't know if those are official symptoms, but that's what I've seen. Thank you, everybody. I'm done. I also want to thank Ben Jerry Elvis Weinstein who wrote the speech with me. I love it.